Aussie music is something to be proud of. Wear it like a badge. Because it's Australian bands and artists that are the influencers of so many other musicians the world over. So at Triple M, we're proud to be able to showcase the power of the Aussie music scene. Paying both homage to the greats that have stood the test of time, right alongside the current, the emerging, the future influencers. The ones that will be next to make their mark on the global music scene. If it's Aussie and it rocks, it's right here. This is Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O. Yes, right around the country on the Triple M Network. That's 49 stations and on the brand new listener app. This is an absolute treat. An incredible career spanning over a decade now. A chance meeting overseas has started an incredible songwriting partnership. Sold out shows, touring globally, top 10 albums. They've done it all. It started here with a track that, well, I remember when it came out. Impossible like you then. Leave anything we heard it earlier. <laughs> True lovers, where you been? One of the best guitarists in the country, Mr. Oscar Dawson. We haven't stopped singing this. Doesn't stop there. Absolute pleasure to welcome to Triple M's Homegrown, performed a little earlier in the studio, we have Tim and Oscar from Holly Holly. Lads, welcome. G'day. Hey, mate. How are you, Matty? Hey. Th- that was terrifying, listening to all our songs <laughs> like that. Why did you do that to us? <laughs> I was going to say 10 years. Does that feel like yesterday? Does it feel like a lifetime ago? I forgot about it. Uh, it happens, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> kind of both. Like, it feels like it just happened, but then you hear those early songs and it's like, oh my God. I haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must be getting harder to pr- to put together a set list now, especially with all the new stuff you've given us, like just in the last 12 months. It, it is tricky. It is like kind of that thing where, you know, you kind of, you play a headline show and you, 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 your set is supposed to be a certain length, basically, right? And then it's kind of like, oh, can we add this one? Can we add that one? Can we add that one? Before you know it, you've got a two-hour set list, yeah, you yeah. know? And like, for some people, that's desirable, but for some people, it's, it's too much. You know? and, <laughs> yeah, so, and I need to wee after 45 minutes. So. And it's like the production and stuff as well. They're like kind of big operations. Like, you guys are taking around. You guys got a full band. You've got the light show. You've got the works. The last tour looked like so much fun. You know, we're talking big crowds. What was it like, you know... One gig like the four, was it the one you played in Northcote, the new theatre there? We played one the Northcote Theatre. That was yeah, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, stunning stunning theatre. And before that, we would have played the Forum in Melbourne. Dude, uh, unreal. Yeah, and like the Enmore up in Sydney and so on and so forth. Yeah, beautiful venues. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice man. Uh, obviously, I've been a fan of you guys for a while, but I'd like to take it back to the start because I feel the way that you guys met is quite unique. Yes, yeah. It was, we, we never knew each other. We lived in different parts of the country. I'm from Brisbane, so came up, born and raised in Brisbane and came up in that really rich music scene there. And um, Oscar was born and raised in Melbourne. Culturally rich, right? <laughs> not, not, not cash rich. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Of course, like all music scenes. Um, broke. And um, yeah, so after school, we both um, decided we wanted to go overseas and do something different. So we both like, independently organized ourselves to go and teach English in so cool. Thailand. Yeah. And so like fast forward, we're in some city, a city called Rayung in, in Thailand. Um, 
I was quite nervous, like by myself, and organised to meet some of the other teachers. And we we're like, I'll oh, meet in this McDonald's on this street. And I walked in, and there was Oscar Dawson um, holding a Big Mac, holding a <laughs> nylon string, a nylon string guitar in with no case. You know how when you're like a bit of a when you've got guy. no money, you just have a, ca- a guitar with no case behind the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was proper backpacking, <laughs> and I yeah had like a pad thai Big Mac as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And I also was. I also was holding a nylon string guitar, so it was a bit of a like snap kind of moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and for the next three months, we taught English and in, during the day, and then at night, we'd like play soccer with the local kids and like yeah, nice. ride motorbikes through the rice paddies and play music. And we're not English teachers; we don't know how to teach English no, or, or speak Thai for that matter. <laughs> did, so. did you get into Muay Thai when you were over there as well? Did you do any sessions? Oh uh, no, a bit. We, we saw some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was pretty shit scared. Uh, t- totally. Like even the kids doing it, it's like full on. Yes. I, I, okay, we, we were teaching these kids, right? And I, I, I can't remember how old I was, but I was like an adult. Yeah. And there was this 11 year old kid who challenged me to an arm wrestle. <laughs> yeah, and a little yeah, kid, yeah. and I'm like, okay, all right, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely smashed me. Oh, wow. It yeah. was like three, two, one, and he just went crunch. And <laughs> yeah, my yeah, arm yeah. was on the, on, the, on the table. I couldn't believe it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, please don't, like, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. <laughs> so how did it happen once it left? Like, how did you guys kind of keep in contact? And was there a discussion then to start? the band or was it was it like you kind of went back and did your own thing yeah totally not um we like went back to our own cities nice. and oscar went and formed the band the dukes of windsor of course remember well mm. um and so i was up in <laughs> brisbane and like my friend from thailand's become like a rock star and yeah 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 i remember the local shop um had a billboard and he was on the billboard and i was like it's oscar yeah. <laughs> He's doing it. Yeah, and absolutely. then he was on MTV and, and yeah. it was amazing. And I, and I was just up in Brisbane, like writing folk songs, basically. Yeah, nice. Um, and then it wasn't until much later that we, I was living in Stockholm in Sweden. And um, I got a message on Facebook from Oscar saying, hey, mate, I've, he was in Berlin with his band. And he was like, I've got to nice. come to Sweden to get a song mixed. Um, would you have a space on the couch? And so it Sick. That was when we reconnected. Yeah, that was like back in the day when Facebook was a bit more socially networked, you know, like a bit more usable. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Tim's in Stockholm. So I was like. Checking in. And I'm broke. (laughs) (laughs) But I got there and he was, he had his guitar and his mic, he had a mic out and he's like, I'm doing this thing where I'm making some songs and I'm recording them. Like, um, you want to be, you know, do you want to help kind of vibe, you know? And so still the band wasn't a thought necessarily. Well, no, it wasn't at all. Was it really? But we worked on a few songs and then that blossomed and eventually it became Holy Holy. That's so cool. And you both came home kind of around the same time. And when did like gigging start and like prep for an album and, and that stuff? Yeah. So I, I went to live in Sweden for a year and I, I was, I had this idea that for the, cause I didn't have any friends in Sweden and <laughs> I didn't know anyone. And it was, you know, the, the Swedish winters dark, yeah, yeah, yeah. really dark. Yeah. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to write a song a month. Um, for the year and then by the end of nice. the year I'll have like an album kind of thing it was a basic idea yeah and then so when Oscar came um, to stay on my couch because I'm a terrible producer really bad at like op, you know using all the software and everything and yeah, Oscar yeah, just yeah. slipped in just you know, nice. automatically and was like cool 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 yeah and that first I had this little sketch of an idea and suddenly it sounded so great yeah and I was really excited about like so the, what Oscar brought to these ideas and so then well, I started doing a thing where I would like write a few sketches of songs and then book a cheap flight to Berlin. And then we would spend a few days in oh, Berlin. Oh, no way. That's cool. And, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And we like had bikes. I remember riding, you know, through the streets of Berlin on bikes and, nice. um, and then at night, like making all these songs and those songs kind of, a lot of them are on the first album. Yeah. Nice. Um, but we, we've often thought 
there's something really nice about the fact that there was there was no intention whatsoever about making a band. It was yeah. it was purely just a a writing and exploring and yeah. hanging out like that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I wonder what it would have been like had we been like, hey, let's start a successful band. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we would have written those songs. No, yeah, it would have yeah. been totally different. I reckon if we had that in our heads. Yeah. So it must have been strange when it all kind of started happening because I remember was, like yeah. I remember when I started seeing Holly Holly everywhere, and then you know I I meet you a few times around yeah, the charts. Yeah, I'm like, man, yeah. this is. So cool. Like, this is so great. When did you guys kind of realize, like, holy shit, man, like, this, well, is, this is a thing? It's terrifying in a way because, like, when you're writing the songs and you're having fun and you're doing all this stuff where you're on, you know, riding around freaking Berlin or whatever, or back in Brisbane, I came up and we did some recording. It's just fun, right? Yeah. That's the joy part. And then um, it comes to this point where it's like, okay, we're going to release a song and which song and blah, blah, blah. And then it's a song. We released that song, Impossible Like You. You played a snippet of in 2013. And to my surprise, because I was just like no expectation kind of vibe, it got added to the radio, blah, blah, blah. It started doing well. And I'm like, shit, like now we've got <laughs> yeah. to play shows and like go out on the road and do it all, all this stuff. And that's yeah. where it's terrifying because that's where you're like, okay, now it's commitment time. You know, honeymoon period, mm. it's kind of over. Yeah. And now it's like we've got to kind of commit, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and that's where it kind of I, – I feel like that was terrifying that moment. But, um, you know, I just – um. Maybe I'm like being falsely modest or something, but I was just like, oh no, this is just for fun and won't go anywhere kind of vibe, but it seems yeah. to have, now, now we're here. Yeah. And I feel know, like 10 I feel, years later. Totally. Well, I feel like you guys are kind of ahead of the game as far as collaboration. I feel like a lot of artists are really kind of discovering that now in COVID, like Zoom writing and things like that. People are kind of, you know, really exploring the idea of, you know, collaborating online. But I feel with you guys, like you're living in Tassie, Oscar, you've been in a lot of traveling too. You guys have always kind of been doing that with Holly Holly, like, you know, sending each other ideas and then getting together. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, I remember when we we finished Impossible Like You and I was like, oh, I'm not sure if this is any good. And I remember the producer was like, he played it back through the speakers and he goes, no, that sounds like the radio. And that mm -hmm. kind of like rang in my ears. Yeah. Um, and when that song got like added to radio and stuff, like suddenly the doors got opened and then there sure. was like, labels and agents and uh, we have a really good manager called Jess Beston who came on board and yeah. I had been kicking around as like a songwriter, like self-managed and self everything before that. Yeah. And suddenly I, having all those people in a team, I was like, oh, this is how you, this is how it works. Yeah, we're here now. But suddenly it was like, um, you know, once you have an agent and a manager and a label, all these opportunities come. So then we went on the road with Ballpark Music and went on the road with um, Boy and Bear and went on the road with Vance Joy and The Preachers. Mm. And n like that's, we learned so much because one, you learn, you see all these bands and you're like, oh, okay, that's what they're doing. That's how it works. That's how the whole system works. Yeah. Um, but also like every time you do a show, like some portion of that audience like falls in love with your band and then you pick up more and more fans. And we still like to this day, because we often, after we play a gig, we always go and sign merch and meet people and yeah. shake hands and hear people's stories and stuff. And the amount of time people are like, I saw you with Boy and Bear at the Sydney Opera House. It's like amazing Whoa, how many yeah. people from that tour all those years ago. People have got some amazing stories. So one person came to a show and they were like, oh, I, uh, I can't remember if it was the husband or the wife. One of them was like, yeah, we, we gave birth to your music. We had it on our <laughs> birthing playlist like playing over and over. Do you remember what song? <laughs> I don't know what song. I mean, I'm like, cheapest. Um, yeah, and people like, you know, people with lyrics like tattooed on them and people saying like, can you write yeah. this on my arm and then I'll get it tattooed? And you're like, um, well, I could. <laughs> we should talk that through though, right? Are you sure you want that? Yeah. <laughs> um, what's really cool about watching all these new songs live that you've been putting out, you know, in the last few months is... The live reaction, people singing the songs back. I remember there's footage that you guys had on your Instagram. I think it was Pretend to Be, the first time you played it live. 
and you can hear the crowd singing it back to you. Like, how weird is that? First time you're doing it live and it's people know it. It is weird. Yeah, 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 yeah that's, nice. that's weird. I like it because I, I still live in perpetual fear of like forgetting the lyrics oh, nice. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time. And so you always know that if, if worse comes to worse, you just point the mic at their crowd and, and they'll take it from yeah, there. Yeah, this, this song we put out earlier this year called Messed Up, which features um, an artist called Kwame. Yep. And he, he kind of sings the chorus hook. Mm. Um, Be with you, feel so Catchy, so, dude. so we had him on, on, on the on the road with us. He was and he'd come up on stage and, and do that song. And I don't reckon he sang that hook once in the whole tour. <laughs> he would just go mic out to the crowd. And like the very first time we did it, the first time we played the song, I'm like, that's pretty bold. Because you just don't know what the crowd's gonna do. And they did yeah. it. They sang it. And he I'm like, goes, okay. What are we saying? What are we saying? <laughs> yeah. And then mic out and they sang it. I'm like, good job, man. I wouldn't have done that. I'd be too scared. Yeah. <laughs> um you guys have had an incredible career so far and you've touched on some things. Now I know we're a bit short for time, so I want to play this game with you. So this is Eddie Current, Memory Lane. And what I've done oh, yeah. is I've actually plucked out gigs from your gig history randomly to see what you remember. Now, you've touched on one of them, but I've actually found some others as well. Okay. Whoa. So we're going to go through your gig history, right? Now, I'd like you to touch on it earlier before, but I'd like to hear a bit more. So if, if you released... Impossible Like You in 2013, a year later, you're playing these shows at like the Palais, Sydney Opera House, Boy and Bear. What was yeah. that like? You're a relatively new band playing these huge, huge venues. Do you remember we rocked up at the Palais <laughs> in Melbourne with our band and we'd left heaps of gear yeah. like at, at the rehearsal studio well, or something? We were well, such We had a bit noobs, of a home alone. Absolute losers. We had yeah. a bit of a home alone thing where like <laughs> one parent thought they had the kid and the other parent thought they had the kid. And like we had this whole trolley of gear that... Everyone thought someone else had put in the car and no one had. And we, we got to the gig and trying to first gig with Boy and Bear and you want to make a good impression. Sure. And it's like, okay, guys, the stage is yours. And it's like, oh, where are the amps? Oh, we have, we have no <laughs> oh, gear. they're at the rehearsal studio. So that was, and oh man, it's so terrifying. But They were so nice too. Yeah. Oh my God. That's, yeah. That's actually probably the thing that I remember most. Like obviously the, the shows were incredible and, and it was, it was um, such an honor to be at the Sydney Opera House, like a dream come true. Yeah. And, and we learned a lot, but to be honest, the thing that I took away the most from that was how warm and generous um, Boy and Bear were as a band. They always had us in, like, it, the, you know, you have separate green rooms in those big venues, and yeah. it's like one room has Holy Holy written on the door, and one has Boy and Bear, and, yeah. and some some bands will be like, cool, like, you're in your room and we're in mm. our room, but they were always like, oh, hey, come in, come in, in our room, and yeah. our writer's your writer, and by the end of the tour, you know, we were like the best of friends, and we playing guitar and singing and sharing demos and things. and yeah. they're, they're legends. Sharing demos too. That's cool. And yeah. so we, t- yeah. we really took that blueprint into our band. And so when we take bands on the road, we're, we're always like, hey, like our green room's your green room. Our yeah. writer's your writer. Like, let, like that's actually the best bit about touring is, is being together with other musicians and yeah. sharing all of that. So we learned a lot from them. And yeah. as you do the journey more, you, you do realize that's actually quite rare. Isn't it? Sometimes, it is quite like, rare. Yeah. Bands, you know, sometimes you'll be supporting an act. You're like, man, I can't wait to hang with these, hang with these guys every night. And you don't even meet them. No. We're yeah. not going to name bands, but it happens. <laughs> it does well, happen. We, like one trick I think we use is we're always like co-opting people onto stage. And then by the time, when you've got a song together, yeah. then you kind of like, That's they're in the sound check and yeah. they're in, and then the green room warming up. And then it, then it does become like one big band and it's yeah. like fun, super fun. Awesome. Let's go 2015, one year later. <laughs> 
Splendor in the Grass, oh, 2015. <laughs> Huge lineup. We have Blur, Tame, Royal Blood, Earl Sweatshirt, Xavier Rudd, Jamie T. Talk to the people. What's, what is Splendor in the Grass like behind the scenes as a band? It, it's, it's a big operation. Like the, the festival itself, outside of anything that we do, mm. it's huge, man. Like, and there's so much going on backstage. Obviously, there's plenty happening out in the punter land. Yeah. Um, uh, but we played, oh, was it the Grant McLennan stage? Grant McLennan, that's Good right. memory. Yeah, I think Boy and Bear also played. I remember um, Oh Mercy were on either, either before or after us, and yep. they had a bottle of Jamison as Ryder, and we had a bottle of Jamison as Ryder. I think we stole their Jamison, yeah. And, they, and we were on stage, like, you know, supping from the Jamison from the bottle, as was sort of the best way to do it when you're sort of knee-deep in mud and yeah, trying to yeah, navigate yeah. a festival. And then I remember we, we left with both, and, and um, this the guy from Oh Mercy, like, very politely came, excuse me, um, <laughs> Would it happen to be our bottle of damn? He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I, I remember our keys player at the time. He he was a bit muddy, and we were camping, but we were camping in like a nice spot, mm. like like some artisty kind of area. Yeah, and and he was like. We played our set, blah, 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 hanging out and watching bands. And he was like, no, nah, not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Last minute. He left. He just left. He's like, no, nah, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. can't, I can't be here. <laughs> he was out. <laughs> he just left He's in his gumboots. <laughs> and then we had the, you know, sometimes playing early at a festival, you know, you, you want to play later, but there is the great joy of, of oh, having your gig way. done and then yeah. just being like, oh, I'm <laughs> free. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, go yeah. and see gigs and yarn with people and don't, not worry about blowing my vocal and stuff. Exactly. And then you don't like see members of the band until the end and then it's like the hangover and it's like you've been in the trenches you know mm-hmm. well it's probably nothing like that actually but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i need to ask you about this now you didn't play a gig with david Bowie. Heroes. oh yeah oh god i saw in boston you played with tony Fasconti. no what happened there uh, no. for people who don't know tony he produced the likes of david bowie t-rex what is this gig about it's not us Okay, right. It's not us. It's a funny... So basically... Has that popped up before? Because sometimes these are inaccurate, you know? So I had to bring this one up. No, no, you're good. We like... We formed the band Holy Holy, and it it does happen to be the case that there's a David Bowie song called Holy Holy as well. Uh, And and then like a little bit later, like maybe a year later, we started seeing this other band (laughs) popping up on Twitter called Holy Holy, and... And they were in the UK, and it turns out it was Tony Visconti and Woody Woodmansey, who were two like key collaborators of David Bowie, right. who had formed a band that was a, that was a David Bowie cover band. But it's is it a, it's kind of is it still a cover band when it's actually members of David Bowie's <laughs> band and like David Bowie's producers and so on? Yeah, like a tribute so it a, band. It was yeah. a bit awkward. Mm. And then I remember we had because at that time we were playing in the UK and stuff, and we had stuff where our, our fans would rock up to their gigs and. I don't know if right. any of their fans would rock up through our gigs. But oh, my God. That's funny, man. We had a bit of a chat to them at one point. Um, oh, so you met them? No, like just on email about oh, like, right. yo, what are we going to do about this? Like, we've got the same name. And then they came back with a solution. They were like, from here on in, we will only go by Woody Woodmansey's Holy Holy. And we were like, well, that sounds like a mouthful. And <laughs> You're better you than me. <laughs> but if that's the solution you want to go with. And then, I don't know. To be honest, then we just stop caring and it yeah. sometimes comes up. But also like... The internet's the world's so small now with the internet, and I guess it's just one of those little quirks. And if you're going to share a band name with anyone, the people who made David Bowie's music is pretty good people to be. Yeah, that's not in bad. bed with. Oh man, that's really funny. Yeah, uh, I've got to ask you about this gig, which was uh, 2017, yours and ours. Now, on here it says, uh, "Yeah, no, this is uh, June Rats," and then of course, fuck my life. <laughs> 
Ali Barter. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah, your, your wife I, was like, his... I, I was thinking to myself, I fucking know that song. Who's that? <laughs> it's my wife. Um, <laughs> my wife. <laughs> but there's one band. I I gotta know if this band were actually on the lineup. I don't know if they were. I saw them. At the drive-in played? Yeah, they pl- I saw them. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 they played. Talk to me about that, man. At the drive-in? Yeah, and that festival, what you remember. Okay, okay well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to do my very best right now, but they, at the drive-in, I remember when they, they first came on the scene and they, they released One Arm Scissor and, and that, that record, um, that was just magic to me. And they came and played the big day out and it was crazy, you know? I remember, yeah. I didn't see it in the flesh, but I saw it on like Channel V or yeah, whatever. And course, it was like, yeah. everything was like, they had to keep stopping the crowd because mm. it was just like so intense yeah exactly anyway then they came out and played yours and ours and like cedric the singer he's like kind of doing this sort of kind of almost absurdist routine and omar who's kind of the other key member he i gotta say man it seemed like he didn't want to be there i was really disappointed it was like 17 years after the fact or whatever it was because they'd released another album yeah and it was like come on man was like, going through the motions. Well, I mean, Cedric was, was wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't just going through the motions, but Omar was. Yeah, he didn't Omar. want to be on. Didn't want to be on stage. I don't reckon. Uh, and like, I've heard interviews with him, and like, he sometimes rags on the the mixes of that first classic album, or you know, the one that um, One Arm Scissor is on. Yeah. And like, I'm like, come on, man, Bummer. that album is so great. Yeah, and like, you know, those mixes are awesome. Yeah. And you guys had this amazing magic, and then you come back after the fact, and it's like, uh, is it a money grab? You know, I don't know, be, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, why are you here? Totally. Why? So, yeah, honestly, that's how I felt about it. It really it kind of upset yeah. me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I felt a bit I, sad. It's weird when you come to, you sometimes meet your idols and it's not what it was yeah. meant to be. I, yeah. Yeah. I had an interview quite recently with a band that I just adored and it was just like a nightmare. It, no. it was just like, I got off the end of it just like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. how am I going to listen to this band again? But yeah. 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 How was your set anyway? Our set was fun. We 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 played in like the late Arvo, I think. I remember it. I, I've kind of got a visual memory of it. Mm. Um, Main thing I remember about that gig was it was the first time I ever met Ruby Fields. Nice. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. She was there and I remember, I guess she was kind of new on the scene and I was having a yarn with her and she was telling me about how she was building her own guitars and yes. like, swi- like switching out all the pickups and, and like modding things. And I was just like, wow, you're a legend. And then... Neck minute, she was, you know, yeah, really Absolutely. cherished kind of star of the yeah. Australian scene. I think that's a cool thing about being in a band too. Sometimes is you get to see those acts kind of before they explode. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. and you get to yeah. kind of see them play to no one, and there's you just know when something's going to work, don't you? Totally. And and Ruby's great. She's so down to earth. Like so, you, so sure. easy to speak to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2019. I'm the bad guy. Duh. Groove in the Mood 2019. Like I said, we had Billy Eilish, Thelma Plum. Uh, the Gurge were on that too. Yeah. How was Groove in the Mood for so, you guys? So a memory about that tour um, of, of Billy Eilish, who who d- didn't meet Billy Eilish, but um, saw her backstage with her mum a bit. Nice. I think she would have been underage still. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, like, there is one show on Groove in the Mood because it's a regional tour yep. where, like, the whole uh, kind of... Um, planning side of it's quite complex they got to move all these artists and shit around to different parts of the country really quickly so they charter a plane and so we're all on a plane 
like us DMAs, etc. And Billy Eilish, Coolio was on the plane. And, and <laughs> Where was he sitting up the front? Or the back? Uh, probably up the front. I'm not sure, but Billy Eilish would have been on the plane as well. Anyway, I remember we get off. I think in Townsville, so yeah. little airport. Yeah, it's Melbourne to Townsville, right? Oh, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 I think you you guys would have yeah, done yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we get off the plane and we're sort of just you know getting off the plane. And I saw Billy Eilish coming off, and there was just this little sort of ocean of like sort of 15, 16 year old girls oh, waiting, just waiting. They knew she was coming. And she just kind of like, it was kind of beautiful. They all just didn't say a word. She didn't do, say a word either. She just walked over to them. She opened her arms. They all opened their arms and they all just embraced. Oh, they nice. just all came together like this cloud, you know? Yeah, it was like so this under, cute. it was so cute. And I just stood there watching, just going, oh my God, that, that connection. Yeah. Not a word was uttered. Mm. And like, it wasn't like she was trying to be distant or kind of like, you know, like, oh, you know, like have yeah. like a, have a, have, have some sort of separation between her and her fans, Yeah, you know, That's she's like, just like completely like with them, you know? Yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. That's yeah. magical. And then yeah. you look over and you've got Coolio trying to get a higher car from Avis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was an interesting run. It was good. Yeah. Another one of those great festivals because you do go from, um, region to region with the same band. So you get yeah. to like DMAs were on that run and we got to know them and, Trophy Eyes. Trophy and, Eyes, yep. Um, yeah. Thelma, we, I mean, I know Thelma from Brisbane from back in the day. So, mm. yeah, just a great opportunity to hang out. And that festival used to do this amazing thing, which, you know, is pretty unheard of. But on one of the days off, they take all the bands to Magnetic Island. They still do that. On a boat. Yeah. And um, and they give them, like, a beautiful lunch. And, and then they, like, on the beach, there's, like, kayaks and um, catamarans. And they the festival, like, hires them all out. Yeah, and and so I remember we were we got in kayaks and went out kayaking to an island with um Angie McMahon and yeah, oh nice and you know I mean so that yeah. that is such a sweet gesture because you don't have to do that like you know yeah, exactly. and festivals are not an easy business but yeah just a way to like really put the uh, like the community you know together and, and yeah. so on and Coolio was at that party nice and um I remember remember oh my gosh yes so this is Coolio right like. I wouldn't have thought that this would be what he would want to do, but there's not that many people at this little pool party just casually like having a barbecue and chilling out. And then he gets Gangsta's Paradise on the um, on the DJ on the DJ gets the microphone and just starts performing Gangsta's <laughs> Paradise. Kid you not, that happened. And and like I, I was one of the first cassettes I ever had, like in in um, primary school. So I was just like, whoa, what is life? <laughs> was he top on, top off, like in flip flops? Well. It? He was, his feet were in the pool. He yeah. was like knee deep in the pool. Because yeah, it was a pool party kind of vibe. But I was like, it, it's sort of like, we were Australian. So we're kind of a bit like sort of reticent to kind yeah. of, you know, be really out there. And he was like, okay, ladies, come on, come in the pool. You know, let's, you know, all this kind of stuff. And everyone's like, no, no, we're just going to sit and watch. Actually, I don't want to do that. And everyone's like, come on, boys, come on, ladies, in you come. And we're like, nah. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was meant to be this He's big, like, like, okay, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> Uh, I want to ask you about one more. This is quite recent, but when I saw this lineup, I was like, whoa, this is unreal. Uh, last year, Harvest Rock, we had Harvest crowded Rock. house of Teskies. Uh, Sam Fender, oh, yeah. Avalanches, yep. Angus and Julia, Hot Chip. This lineup was crazy. Yeah, so that was Adelaide, yeah? That's yeah. what you just said, didn't you? You just No, I just said it was last year, not in Adelaide. Okay, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Okay. Yeah, this has actually been a good reminder of some things we've done. Do you know what other shows we've got mm-hmm. coming up? <laughs> That's the one thing I couldn't find. <laughs> yeah. Um, such a great festival, like beautiful lineup. Um, like Kurt Vile and Courtney Barnett were also both there and I think performed um by themselves and together. Nice. Um and we 
got we were like side of stage for heaps of things. Um, cool. Gr- Groove Armada were there. Ruby right. Fields was there. Remember the game we played backstage? If you go onto oh, our, yes. I think on our TikTok, yeah. there's like yeah, Genesis who was playing it as well. Oh God, Ruby Fields is great for a backstage game. Like just she'll just make up a game. If you yeah. see her socials, like she's always like doing things like just I don't know, like like yeah, nice. like who, who can do the best flip of their bag or something like that. And yeah. we played quite a big game of like basically where we'd be, we made a big alleyway and all the musicians had to run up the alleyway and then jump over a, a table and be caught by other musicians. That was all the game was. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah, super yeah. sweet. And we were like, so you run down like like it was like the running of the bulls. You'd run down, leap over a trestle table, and then be caught by sort of eight musicians like like flying superman style through the air and everyone was chanting may god 10 may god 10 and, um, and then genesis did one it's like come on genesis you can do yeah. this come on come on come on <laughs> yeah it was good it was awesome a good that, festival dude. and awesome. good times awesome dude this has been so much fun the time's flight i uh, know you guys gotta head off to the next performance but it's been an absolute pleasure can't wait to have you guys back in loving all the new stuff oh, can't thanks wait so to much see you live. Thanks, it's been a real treat we'll yeah. see you next time thanks mate great chat